Amen. Can we just give God praise this morning? Amen. You guys may be seated. here. Welcome to all of you. Blessed Christmas season, those that are here, and to the thousands tuning in all over the world right now. Thank you. Thank you. All right. I have the pleasure of starting our Christmas series today entitled Fulfilled, and we're going to be looking at different prophecies from the Old Testament that prophesied about the coming of Jesus, fulfilling this time of the season where we celebrate that actual coming. But more importantly, or at least as importantly, is that by that coming, not only was our, was our sins forgiven, but also all of a sudden this particular amazing event opened up all of God's promises to you and to me, no longer earned, No longer do we have to be good enough, but now they were ours for the asking and for the taking. So, who knows where that song is from? Jesus Christ Superstar. How many people here have either seen the play or the movie? Okay, not many. Uh, How many people here have at least heard of it? How many people could care less? Okay, the care less have it. All right. So what does that have to do with what we're going to be talking about in our, in our series, Fulfilled? Well, we're going to help answer that question, what's the buzz? Tell me what's happening. Okay, we're going to start, since we're talking about prophecy over the next three or four weeks, we're going to start by defining these words. So let's define the word prophecy. And that is a statement that something is going to happen in the future, and a prophet is the power or the ability to know actually what will happen in the future. So we have an individual who knows, who then makes a statement. Now, I want to tell you how important this was in the Old Testament, that if those two didn't combine well, you didn't have to worry about any more prophecies, okay, because you were stoned. So back then, you had to think twice before you said anything. But the good news for you and I was that we had genuine, legit prophets in the Old Testament that spoke about the second coming of this Savior, and they were right on. They were right on. So we're going to look into those. First uh, Peter chapter 1, verse 10 to 12. I don't have that up on the screen. If you have your Bible or your 
phone or tablet, 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 10 through 12 in the New Living Testament. This salvation was something that even the prophets wanted to know more about when they prophesied about this gracious salvation prepared for you. They wondered what time or situation the Spirit of Christ within them was talking about when he told them in advance about Christ's suffering and his great glory afterwards. They were told that their messages were not for themselves, but for you. And now the good news has been announced to you by those who preached in the power of the Holy Spirit, sent from heaven. It is all so wonderful that even the angels are eagerly watching these things happen. We're going to begin with a prophecy from Isaiah. And and this is considered by many to be one of the most important prophecies in the Old Testament and, and it lays the foundation for so many more. Then Isaiah said, listen, by the way, Isaiah now is, is talking to King Ahaz. And God has told Ahaz, you give me a sign to prove that I am who I said, that I am who I say I am. And Ahaz said, I won't do that. So that brings Isaiah to these comments. Then Isaiah said, listen well, you royal family of David. Isn't it enough to exhaust human patience. Must you exhaust the patience of my God as well? All right then, the Lord himself will give you the sign. Look, the virgin, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Now, an interesting prophecy, right? A child will be born of a virgin. Not going to happen in any context that they are aware of. And, and then, not only is she going to have a baby, but now that baby's going to be literally God. Made no sense to them. Makes no sense to a lot of people today, by the way. Now, that prophecy was given roughly 700, 750 years before the birth of Christ. Definitely a prophetic word. And in Matthew 1, we see this situation where Joseph now finds out his wife is pregnant. They are betrothed, which is prior to a marriage, but still, in the Jewish culture, in order to end a betrothal, you had to go through a divorce. There was tremendous shame in having a baby out of wedlock, so much so that, again, the punishment was severe. And he knew that would be the case for Mary, so he wanted to put her aside quietly, not bring any attention. She probably would go somewhere else, live with another relative, have the child, And Matthew says this, as he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill The Lord's message message through the prophet, look, the virgin shall conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which which means God with us. Now, I don't know about you, but if I was Joseph, this all seems a little ridiculous. But then again, if an angel appears to me, 
okay, that's serious. I'm going to listen to that. And Joseph did listen to that, fortunately. And, and this prophecy, and what we're going to focus on today, is it was all about this amazing rescue plan that God had. A plan so bizarre, okay? So bizarre, so unimaginable by any human being that no one, literally no one, saw it coming. In fact, it says the angels weren't clear on this. They were so excited to look into this. It was, in fact, a rescue plan like no other, that God himself would literally become a human being in order so he could sacrifice himself so that you and I could claim all the promises of God and spend eternity with him in heaven. Now, how do we know this whole thing about the promises of God? Well, 1 Corinthians one twenty says this, for all God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding yes. And through Christ, our amen, which means so be it or yes, ascends to God for his glory. You know, there's some really weird movies out there, but we accept them, we get excited about them. They they are greatly imagined, all right? But imagine making a movie out of this. If you could go to it without any preconceived ideas, I mean, it would be a box office smash, I believe. And here's the important thing. God, for you and for me, is still in the rescue business. He's still Emmanuel. He's still God with us. He is still the one who saves. You see, Jesus didn't only fulfill those prophecies, but Jesus' death and resurrection allowed him to fulfill the promises in his word, in your life, and in my life. You know, just as sure as God knew the exact day Jesus would be born to Mary, guess what? He knew just as clearly this rescue plan was also going to be available to you. He knew exactly when you were going to be born. In fact, this rescue plan was so clearly defined that it's written in a book before you were even born. Here's what it says in Psalm 139, 16. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. So up in heaven, there's a book, and it's labeled Edward Hires. And in that book, every moment of every day, of every week, of every month, of every year of my life is laid out. It's written before I was born. I was rescued by one and only, the only one infallible prophet, and that is God himself. And, and so here's, here's the important thing about this rescue plan. We have two promises to go by that we can lean on and depend on. And Jeremiah 29, 11, if you're a Christian, you probably have heard this scripture at least. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Now, some versions of the Bible take that word prosper and define it as peace and well-being. I know the plans I have for you to give you peace and well-being. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't always experience that in my life. It doesn't always feel like God wants to prosper me. Sometimes it feels like God wants to punish me. Sometimes I don't know where God is. Sometimes my life feels much more disastrous 
than prosperous. But fortunately, we have another promise that goes right underneath and comes right alongside. And it's in Hebrews. It says, for he said, I will never under any circumstances desert you, nor give you up, nor leave you without support. Nor will I in any degree leave you helpless, nor will I forsake or let you down or relax my hold on you. Assuredly not. That's the Amplified, by the way, if you didn't guess that. Now, combining those two, we can always have hope in number one. Because we know that that second promise is always true. So let me give you an example in real life out of the, uh, about this. So when I was a kid, one year my father came to us with three kids and said to us, hey, this year, during the winter, we're going to go on vacation to somewhere warm. We were psyched. And he said, go pack up. And we could pack because this would be all our summer clothes, which were now put away. We were to pack and be ready to go. And, and sometimes, you know, we would ask him where, but he wouldn't tell us. It was a secret, all right? And as winter grew, grew colder, we looked more forward to that. As it grew a little colder, we started to ask a little more frequently when... And then we would whine when, and finally, when we would get into early February, winter goes from supposedly December 1st to February 28th. In New England, it goes from usually September to May. All right. And, and my dad would always say the same thing. Hey, guys, don't worry about it. We're going to go on vacation. We would get angry by this point. And then we would start to actually wonder, was this a cruel trick our father was pulling on us? We weren't really ever going to go on vacation. Are you getting sick of the story? I'll bring it to a close. All right. So here's what happened. Like the last, just before the last week of February, my father came to us and said, hey, guys, in two weeks, we're going to Florida. And we, everything was right with the world. We didn't have any concerns anymore. We loved dad. He's such a good dad, man. So let me ask you this. Have you ever found yourself in a situation where you were asking God for some help and, and then it just didn't work out? It at least didn't seem to work out at all for some period of time. Maybe it never worked out exactly the way you wanted it. See, we lived a miserable life for, for at least a month to a month and a half because we were doubtful that my father was going to do what he said. We were angry, we were this, we were that. And then all of a sudden, everything's right with the world. We could have saved ourselves a lot of grief by just trusting that our father would do what he said he would do. So you know where I'm going with this, right? That's the way you can rely on your father, your heavenly father. He will do what he said. When he says he won't leave you or forsake you, he won't. When he says he has plans to prosper you, you can, you can absolutely guarantee it that that will happen. He is a good God. But God has a lot of things on his heart and mind. Every day he has millions of people to intersect and coordinate in order for his kingdom to expand. Sometimes I need to be in a place that I would never get to if I weren't where I was when I was feeling very disappointed, anxious, angry. 
but I just have to trust in my Father that he will be with me and that his plans to prosper me will come true. Three things that I know and three things I'd like to share with you today. God's plan for your life is truly to prosper you, to give you hope. God has blessed me over the decades to be successful in business. But I will tell you this, that I have had some really low points in that career. I have been on the brink of bankruptcy. I have had situations of severe degree involving lawsuits and and other issues that came my way. The journey was extremely rocky at times, but always God saw me through those. Always. Number two, even during the cold winter months of your life and my life, under no circumstances does he leave you alone. You know, children have this innate fear of being separated from their parents. In a mall, amusement park, uh, you know, whatever it may be, when they can't find mom and dad, they freak out, right? Well, in this case, we never have to worry with our Heavenly Father. He never loses us. He never loses us. He's always, always there. You never have to search for him. And last, the third thing, because of Jesus, your rescue from the cold is clearly assured. But here's what isn't assured, is the timing. And my father had the perfect timing. I don't know why he chose to do that. Maybe he chose to do that because he had something he wanted us to be able to do on the trip that he knew we couldn't do until that time he picked. Maybe it was something he knew wouldn't be good for my two sisters to be pulled out of school because they weren't as smart as I was. (laughs) Hey, Pat, if you're watching. But whatever it was, maybe he couldn't afford it till then. But whatever it was, it was perfect timing for us. We had a great trip. Couldn't have been better. See, amidst all the plans that God has for you, some of those plans are going to be rescue plans. And he is amazingly going to weave those plans together out of the book of your life so that in the end, it's such a good ending. It's such a good ending. So let me tell you about a rescue plan that I had an opportunity to be involved in just in the last couple of weeks. And, you know, I love it. When God does something, and you can just see it develop as you, as you go through a process. So we are currently, well, we actually have built a home. We've moved into about a week and a half ago. We're downsizing, getting rid of a, uh, the Alps, which is what our driveway was. Um, so we have been going through this, and we've had a lot of workmen in our house, you know, off and on. So we had recently, a couple of workmen came in, a, kind of a lead guy and his, his assistant, and he was... Uh, doing his work, and, and I look for, you know, opportunities. It's always hard, by the way. It, it, you know, you're always t- hesitant. But I said to him, I said, hey, you know, I'm a, I'm a pastor of a church in Manchester. I'm just curious, where do you go to church? 
So I'm seeing if God is at all opening a door, opening a window for me to walk into spiritually. This one turned out to be a wall, okay? Because the first thing he said, oh, no, 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 no. No God stuff for me. I'm, no, absolutely not. So if you knew my life, no God. And, and by the way, no offense, please, I don't want you to take offense. I'm happy for you if that's where you go, but I'm not going there. So again, I figured that's kind of a closed door. And he was big and had tattoos, and I wasn't going to push. <laughs> then he said, he's, he's working away. I happen to still be there watching what he's doing. And he turns and he says, I have a question for you. I said, okay. He said, it's a deep question. I said, okay. And with that, he had to, what he was doing got to a critical stage. He had to stop and do what he was doing. And, and then when he got done, you know, a minute, whatever it was, he, he really wasn't doing anything critical. And with that, his helper says, so what's the question? What's the question? And so he looks at me and says, 12 years ago, I was diagnosed with a disease that was almost definitely going to be fatal. I had a three-year-old son, and I couldn't imagine what it would be like to not be there as he grew up. So I don't know whether it was a dream, a vision. I, I don't really know. But I know that I told the devil that if he would spare my life, that I would give him my soul. And he says, so here's my question. Did I sell my soul to the devil? And you could see the sincerity in this guy. He wanted an answer. I was able to look at him instantaneously and say, absolutely not. And he said, really? I said, absolutely. He said, you're that sure? I said, absolutely. He said, how do you know? I said, well, first of all, you weren't a Christian at the time. He said, oh, no. I said, so you're going to hell anyway. <laughs> so I said, Satan doesn't have to give you any time on earth. He's got you. Okay, that's number one. Number two is he is a despicable, I can't even describe to you how evil this devil really is. And the bottom line is, you're not. I said, if you sold your soul to the devil, you know, maybe you'd still care about your son. Maybe he would work that out. But, but the fact of the matter is, I can tell just by the way you're interacting with your, uh, your worker here. I, I heard some things about things you're doing. You have friends. You love your family. Nobody that sells their soul to the devil would ever have those in his life. But I will tell you this. God heard that prayer because that's what it was. And he answered that prayer. Don't you dare give the devil any credit for this. God's a good God. He's the one that did that. And you owe him big time. <laughs> and, and you could tell this was something that had really racked this guy's life for a long time. And you could also tell that, that he was just relieved not necessarily on the God part, but on the part that he hadn't sold his soul to the devil. Now, here's a guy that has no interest in God, but he's deathly afraid he sold his soul to the devil. So I was a part of that rescue plan. I will tell you, 
Stephen is going to be saved. I didn't have an opportunity, things happened and whatever, to, to try, and I didn't feel led to push on that. But, you know, it's taken me a long time, and I still struggle with it, to realize that I can do more on my knees than I can with my mouth. So I'm praying for Stephen. I'll ask you to pray for him. Because God has begun something. He's unraveling something in Stephen's life 12 years later that are going to take him to a place he's never been before. So here's my point as we close. God is still in the fulfillment and the rescue business. And, and so I wonder today, this is what I always trust, that God has a purpose for a message. So where are you at today where you need rescuing? You know, are you in a marriage that you've given up on? Are you in a marriage that seems like anything but a marriage? God's in the rescuing business. Are you dealing with any kind of addiction whatsoever? Are you struggling and can't see a way out of that? God is in the rescue business. He's in the fulfillment business. His word says, call unto me, I will answer you. Are you in a a depression that needs rescuing? Are you having anxiety attacks? that just debilitate you, God's in the rescue business. He is Emmanuel. He is a member of the Godhead, Jesus. You know, he was with the people of his day after he was born. He was, he was with those that were alive, but, but he's as clearly, he's clearly alive in our lives today as he, won, as he was there. He is always will be a rescuer. So I'm going to pray for you today. I'm going to pray that those that are going through something, maybe it's an adult child situation, but you're going through something and you would be honest and say, Ed, I need a rescue right now. See, I don't ever believe it's an accident when God gives a message to someone up here. You know, when when God gave Kevin that message on prayer, man, that really struck me. That really struck me. I don't know about you, but sometimes I struggle with prayer. I'd rather do something than just sit there and kneel there or whatever and pray. I know it's horrible for a pastor to say, but, but I mean, I do it. But when I hear a message like that, I get motivated because I hear God speaking to me. I hope God's speaking to some of you today. So here's, here's what I'm going to ask. I want to pray for those that are saying right now, I need a rescue, Ed. I want to pray for you. So I'm going to ask you to do something. No one's going to know what it is you need rescuing from. Would you just raise your hand for just a moment? I want to pray for you, for God's rescue. Please raise your hand if that's you. Yeah, there's a lot of us. Raise your hand. Come on. All right, you can put your hands down because God saw all those. And by the way, if you didn't raise your hand, you need rescuing. God loves you. He hears that. But Father, so often I have needed rescuing more than I would like to admit. And every time you have come through, not always the way I wanted, definitely not always in the time time frame I wanted, but always being faithful. Lord, there are some here today that they need being rescued from life in general because they've never accepted you as their Lord and Savior. They don't even know if they believe that any of this is true. But Father, the word says this, no man or woman comes to God except the Holy Spirit draws them. So right now, 
for those needing the, the ultimate rescue to be able to accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior, would you move in their hearts right now? And would you give them such a desire that they don't even know where it comes from, but they just know that they know they need to do something. And Father, for those going through whatever it is, relational issues, financial issues, addiction issues, marriage issues, those addicted to pornography, those, those that have whatever issue in their life where they, would, they raised their hand, Lord. They said, Father, I need rescuing. I, you know, you tell me this before I preach, but you, you did definitely tell me this time. There's going to be people here that this message is for them. So, Father, I pray for them. I pray that, that you would give them the faith, the assurance that you are who you say you are, that you do what you say you'll do, that you stand by us, that you never forsake us, that your plans are good plans for us, that, Father, we would hang in there because we have a loving, merciful, graceful God. And, Father, when we have things happen that we can't explain that don't seem like they came from your hand, Father, just hang in. That's what you would tell us. You would just say, hang in. Maybe it's the last week of February that you're going to find out you're going on vacation, but it'll come before the winter is over. So, Father, thank you for this this time of hearing your word. Thank you for those you're touching right now. And, Lord, we thank you for this Christmas season, a time when many turn to you and the, the realization that you, in fact, were born. I thank you, Lord, for your answer to prayer, for your faithfulness in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, we are so glad you came today. And if you need prayer, if you are going through something and need rescuing and want more prayer individually, you come on up. We'll be glad to pray with you. Meanwhile, have a blessed Christmas season. We will see you next week. God bless.